The Money Show. Small business. With Pablo Fatidis. Time to focus on our small businesses. Time to give our energy to our small businesses. The time that we don't believe exists because we're so busy being busy that we're not focusing on what's really important. Help. <laughs> it really is that. It really is that. You know, I had an epiphany this uh, last week and the epiphany came out of um, Bruce, I, I had the benefit of or the opportunity to run a series of, of business growth workshops for must have been upward, upward of 200 businesses in, in Cape Town and in KZN, established businesses, accomplished businesses, successful businesses. And the, the epiphany moment was that once you reach a certain performance in your business, a certain level per se, What's more important than money, than skills, than strategy, than whether we as a country play into BRICS or play out of BRICS, whether we love Russia, hate Russia, love America, hate America. What's more important than all of that is how you invest your time and attention as the business owner. And very often in the conversations I'm having, where I've started to ask that question more and more and more, people's impressions of where they're investing their time and attention and the reality of what's drawing on their time and attention are fundamentally different. If you don't get that right, if you don't learn to see it for what it is and understand how it's impacting you today in your business, then you migrate to a mindset that says, you know what, Bruce, I've accomplished a lot. I'm doing 50 million, 100 million, 200 million a year in revenue. It's been a good run. I need to, you know, draw back a little and enjoy the fruits of the risk and labor in the last 30 odd years. It's simply an excuse because in truth, you're stuck. And when you're stuck and you can't see your way out, very often the answer lies to how you apply your time and attention, not all the other features or things that we hear about. So it comes then to our habits and the way in which we structure our time, the way in which we treat our biggest asset, which is the only thing that we've really got, and it's unfortunately finite, and that is time. Yeah, time, but attention as well with time. And, you know, you can either spend it or you can invest it. And what's interesting about habits, I've been reading a lot about habits as a result of this. And habits are really, you know, the conscious and unconscious behaviors that guide our time and attention um, in many ways. And the good habits and bad habits. So a, a bad habit is smoking. It's, it's recognized to be a bad thing, but you smoke. And very often when you smoke, you might smoke because of maybe it was cool when you were young or maybe when you experienced stress and you light up. I believe it relaxes you or settles you, whatever the case may be. But there's a trigger behind every habit. Also behind every habit is a history. There were conditions that you faced in your life that led to you developing and forming certain habits. So smoking a cigarette is a bad habit. And yet, when you say to someone who smokes, is it bad for you or good for you? They will say, no, it's bad for me. And then the obvious question is, well, why do you do it? And very often you hear, well, you know, I, I'm giving it up next week. This is my last bag. It's the last cigarette. It's the last one. 
or next month I'm stopping. And a couple of weeks later, a couple of months later, maybe a couple of years later, you see this very same set person smoking again. That's a bad habit. Why is it there? What triggers it is vital to understand. And you can also have good habits. So if you brush your teeth every day and you did so because it made you feel good or you did so because you had a fright with the dentist and now you do so as a habit unconsciously in the morning and afternoons or evenings, it makes you feel better, it makes you feel good, that's a good habit. They're both largely unconscious. And mostly, both of those habits are being performed whilst you're thinking or doing other things. Ah. And yet, in truth, they occupy, demand, and hold your time and attention. Now, it's, and again, and you, you're talking about good habits there, but I mean, so many bad habits. And for anybody who's easily distracted and will find any excuse, and I'm not pointing fingers at myself here, but to, <laughs> what is the <laughs> what is the saying? You know, I, I, I like a good deadline because, you know, my work expands to fill the amount of time available. If I start a project too early, I will, I'll make the deadline, but 90% of it will be done in the last week. Um, and uh, it, it's such a, it's such a self-destructive habit and it's so damaging and so annoying because the business of journalism of course is one of of deadlines Uh, but but when you're trying to actually really deeply think about and structure and grow an enterprise it takes a fundamentally different set of skills and a patient set of skills that is also panicked and and is aware of the fact that you are always going to be short of time so rather get the job done move on to other things Get productive. Get useful. Don't daydream. And, and you know what? What's interesting about that scenario is very often it, it becomes an addiction. Um, you know, the number of conversations I've had with, with very accomplished business owners who are reticent to ever retire or reticent to actually change things despite the fact that they can see how the things they do each day, the routines or the rituals they perform uh, that eventually become habits, they can see how these habits hold them back. They can see that smoking is bad for you by way of the early example. And yet the addiction is by me doing what I've always done, making me square and center to everyday operational activities, Bruce, I, I feel needed, I feel valued. I feel useful. I feel that I'm serving. I feel important. I feel purposeful. It gives me meaning. It gives me a reason to feel that I'm not wasting my time. And that mantra that sits very often unconsciously in the back of people's minds becomes the limiting factor to a company's growth. There's a really good reason you will see a business grow from zero to something and then bump along at that something. And I think that we get it wrong when we say, right, okay, what's needed to get to the next level is more investment and you need more skills on board over here and you need more this and you need more that. Because unless you actually apply time and attention to all the things that you do need to get to the next level, you'll never see that you need them to get to the next level. You'll never be able to procure them, find them, negotiate them, and onboard them into your business to get to the next level because you're so busy doing, you're not leading that growth. Your time and attention is in doing mode, not leading mode. 
Do we need habits? Do we need to be setting up timetables like we're at school again? Yeah, I think so. You know, if you think about if you think about the primary drivers of all of this, so so you can have a ritual, and a ritual will be a, a very thought through uh, or considered practice uh, that you might perform. So, for example, you you might decide that before you start the day, the first thing you're going to do is twenty minutes of exercise and. 10 minutes of meditation or reading, whatever the case is. It clears your mind. It gets you well-orientated. And that practice becomes a ritual. It's considered. It's thoughtful. It's intentional. It's in the moment. Your minds are nothing else other than that. It, it can, obviously, over time, also then become a habit. The other thing that guides our time, if you think of the frameworks that guide our time and attention, are routines. And the routine you have in a weekday is fundamentally different to the routine you have in a weekend day, for example. So routines can change, and they're governed by logistics and economics and demands on us, et cetera, and so forth. So I started to think, well, how do we then change these habits? If routines and rituals eventually become habits, those routines and rituals were there for a purpose, and absolutely, the routines and rituals you need to get a business from startup to 10 million rands worth of revenue will be, by definition, fundamentally different to the routines you need to get from 10 million to 50 million, which again will be fundamentally different to get from 50 to 100. But if we are trapped by the unconscious habits that formed during these routines and rituals that were absolutely critical and necessary in the early stages of our business, then what? Then you truly, truly are stuck. And that then says, you got to change that habit. And lots of popular culture says you can. But can you? So can you? I think you can. I think you got to unlearn your bad habits. I don't know how. Because like any addiction, as you put it, you become addicted to yeah. your own sense of self, the addicted to the idea of the way you do things, addicted to the routines in which you do things. But if you don't break them, they will break you, surely. Well, they do. They certainly they certainly make you feel inadequate or they affect your self-esteem or self-confidence. And I think the number of business owners that operate with this imposter syndrome saying, gosh, I've, I've kind of gotten the business to one level. Um, I feel stuck here. I really don't know where to go next. Is 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 global. It's a global. It's a global disease amongst let's call it privately owned businesses. But how do you change something if you can't see it and name it? So I read up about this, Bruce, and there's lots of popular culture around. Well, you've got to name it. Then you you have to recognize its impact. You then have to decide how you're going to change it. Um, so, for example, if you're going to get fit and and you decide that health is important and exercise is part of that new habit that you need to develop, put your exercise clothes out every evening so that in the morning, the first thing you see are those clothes. And whether you feel like it or not, get into the clothes and at least get out the door and, and go for the run. Or if you don't feel like going for the run, at least do that. And eventually, you will willfully drive this new behavior. And after 21 days, or if it's not 21 days, it's 32 and three-quarter days, or if it's not 32 and three-quarter days, it's 41 and seven-eighths of a day, whatever this magic number is, voila, a new habit is formed. I think it's the biggest bunch of baloney. I've, I've just not seen it stick.
And I think that it needs a lot more than just willpower or six steps to success. Unless you develop a routine or ritual every month where, Bruce, you definitively and decidedly place yourself into an environment with a third-party observer who is going to hold you accountable for the goals you set in your business and through questions and challenges, you have to defend how you invested your time and attention in the month gone by in relation to the goals that you want to achieve. And you need to tolerate the skepticism and judgment around whether you are being authentic in that time and attention or goal attainment or not. I think it's the only way to do it. And there's some very, very successful businesses that have shown this. There's a reason you go to mosque on a Friday, synagogue on a Saturday, and church on a Sunday. There's a reason you do it every week. There's a reason why in Alcoholics Anonymous, which was established in 1952, 1954, where they looked at the addiction and habit of drinking and how to live a sober life, they argue that every day you must attend a meeting. And in that meeting, look at yourself, hear yourself, see yourself, whether it be through others or through engagement. But unless you actually create a routine around changing your habits, then you're going to be trapped in the habits that got you to where you are, which won't be the habits that need that you need to get you to the next level of growth. Wonderful. Thank you, Pablo Fatidis. Pablo is the chief executive at Auric Business Accelerator.